Hello and welcome to the Calamity Vault podcast, where we play every indie RPG one week at a time. This week, it feels like saying goodbye to a beloved friend as we are reviewing Slug Blaster Turbo. I am sad to see the system go, but I know in my heart that I will meet it again one day and I will have a kick-ass time playing it once more. So without further ado, here is our review as we say goodbye to Slug Blaster Turbo. We're here to talk about Slug Blaster. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. And I suppose specifically Slug Blaster Turbo. Yeah. Because we did not play Slug Blaster. Yeah. So, I mean, if we wanted to talk about like things that things that we missed by not playing Slug Blaster proper, one shot wise, the Turbo and the lighter version of the Turbo X are very like one shot geared. Uh, so they don't have any of the advancements available. And they don't have things like gear customization. Uh, they don't have sort of the downtime cycle where you you hit like your arc beats uh, and you track like group fractures. And the, the sort of Slug Blaster Turbo style epilogue of like, hey, let's let's roll for something and figure out your like high points, your low points for things that go sort of beyond this immediate run is something that in the game proper would sort of be reserved for your end of campaign epilogue. And you would get this by tracking Doom and Legacy. And Trouble and Style would inform different things. Obviously, my opinions on the on the system are uh, well documented. What is What did everybody else think of the system of playing it? I thought it was super fun. I think I was a little bit confused at first how the boosts and kicks really worked. Um, I was going in blind. I didn't read the um, rule set ahead of time as, you know, I'm not a prepared person like that. But also I feel like that's true if you're like picking up an RPG for the first time. You're not going to have all this background knowledge. You're just going to find out and have your DM tell you what to do. Um, so it did take me a while to figure out how my character really came together. Um, like for heart, you have very little on your sheet. But that's because you're supposed to be regaining it. And I didn't realize that at first because I hadn't read through all of it. So I think knowing it a lot more than just, hello, I've picked it up and now I'm playing would have been beneficial. But overall, it was pretty easy to pick up. Like, I managed to figure that out over the course of the one shot. Yeah, you picked up so much style. (laughs) Like, there's a point where you just like locked in and like, oh, this is how the character works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do remember at the end where everyone's like, oh, I have like three style. And I'm like, I have, I think I hit double digits. I forget. Um, you might have. <laughs> but I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I get a style point for this. I get a style point for this. I get a style, like on and on. And that was because I figured out there's no reason for me to not be getting them because it's, hey, you're looking cool. And also you should be boosting and kicking at any opportunity. Um, which previously I was like, oh, this is a limited resource. I should hold on to it. It is not a limited resource for the heart so long as you succeed. Yeah, as long as you are using your passion or empathy to help your actions, the heart can just regain attitude if the person they're helping succeeds. Yeah, which is a really cool uh, function, I think. And I think it really helps like emphasize that aspect of the character because you're rewarded for doing something that's super in character. Which is really nice. Yeah. Um, but it did take me a little bit to figure that out. But once I did, it 
it went really well. It is really cool how all of the different, like, quote-unquote classes really emphasize the personality aspects of the character you're playing. Like, the heart's a really good example. I feel like chill was cool, although chill was only, you get an extra die for everything because you're super cool, except you can't help anybody because you're kind of just vibing. I, wait, was, did, does cool actually have you can't help anybody? I don't remember that. You yourself are only getting, like, boost and kick dice, or boost and kicks off of your equipment, and not off of your attitude, because your attitude just gives you, there's always the plus one, but you can- Oh, yes, yes. That's just for you. I'm, I know I didn't play it right for sure because I, I read the page, but I also did not absorb it. I think it'd be very helpful if like you just took like two or three minutes with your DM and read over because it's a one page. Read over the one page of your character that you have and go, hey, this is the core mechanic. This is how this works. Yep. Even if you've never read the book. That's fair. Having the extra time to read I, it. I read all the book and I still did it wrong. Yeah. So. Just because you read a sheet does not mean you absorb the sheet. Having dedicated time where you are forced to ask questions about how does this work is probably a smart idea. Yeah, I think like uh, part of the reason too, like for the style discrepancy is I I don't think I really read like I have a thing that's just look cool, do something in an effortless, stylish way, tell the GM, roll your actions normal, like normal. Any problem will be worse, but if you succeed, mark one style. Um, Yes, everyone has that. Yeah, everyone has that, and I would be doing that constantly, and I think I forgot to do it, because <laughs> um, that's... I thought it, at one point we said it's perma-on. Yeah, we, we essentially we essentially said, I was not tracking you guys' style, um, mm-hmm. but we, we functionally went, ah, yeah, I'm not even going to ask you if you're looking cool at this point, because I'm going to assume that you are trying to do it. That is why this. I was surprised you guys were so low. And I, and I remember that, I just didn't mark style specifically for it most of the time. Ah, okay. I mean, you rolled well on your epilogue anyways. <laughs> sad blaster. Sad blaster, indeed. I would never blast anything sadly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I was not tracking all of my style. So maybe I could have had a happier ending. I was I was pleased with my ending, though. Yeah. No, I thought Cassie's was solid. I, I will say, actually, having now, like, had the chance to to like think about it more since we are doing this not immediately after the game disaster rolls how do we feel about them is this is something where like in standard play if you're doing this as like a short campaign could end up feeling like fun and risky or could end up feeling like things are just getting yanked away from you sort of just because was the disaster roll how we got the math panther? No, that was that was just that was just problems. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> the math yeah, panther. That was, that was problems. The math panther, frankly, is something that I was waiting to spring on you after reading the book. So, <laughs> uh, no, not surprised at all. <laughs> yeah, the the disaster roll is uh, both Phoebe and Ash passed that, and Cass failed. On your final, your final approach. Oh, that's when you were you were debating whether or not to peel me back. Yeah, right? I, I, yeah, we sort of brain fried you instead. Like there is a part of me that goes, okay, the like harsh decision there, and it wouldn't even necessarily have been like bad story wise. Would be to not even it, it could be peel you back, but it could even just be like, hey, your experimental portal technology malfunctions at the last moment. And, like, we see Ash and Phoebe land safely 
uh, to finish the run, and we see Cass stumble alone out of the portal back in Null, but like under the bridge. In the gates of hell. At, at, at in the gates of hell alone. You would have made it to the gates of hell at least. Uh huh. Uh, which <laughs> is like if we were doing this as a as a a longer game, I think I would definitely do. But one shot. Yeah, it would be hard I to didn't... make that the ending of a one shot. Yeah, it, it felt mm-hmm. it felt bad. It felt like it would be like yanking away stuff that you had worked for. I think over a longer campaign, it would work because you would still feel like you had space to build up. But because it was a one shot, the disaster is not a happy roll because it's like, well, we were aiming for a happy ending and we said tonally it was going to be happy. Walk it off if I fall 40 feet. And yet I just utterly failed. <laughs> That's not a fun, fun vibe. And like you guys pitched this absolutely ludicrous stunt that I really wanted to work for you. <laughs> I feel like it's all a tone question, I think, because mm. we, at least to me, we were very much playing a game where it, it was a very silly, happy, yes, and kind of game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a lot of ludicrous things that we did. Oh, yeah. Yes. We got we got chased out of a mall by a bunch of dolls that were like small scorpions wearing gas masks, um, <laughs> which was great. But... I think if you're playing a game with a bit of a different tone, it's okay to have disaster rolls like that. But I feel like just smacking away all of our progress at the last second feels like a dick move. It's saying no to the yes and. And that's not how I like to play my games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the disaster roll based on? Like, what did we have to roll? Uh, so this was like roll a single d6. And I believe you want to hit like above your trouble. So for those of us who had low trouble. Yeah, the more trouble you accumulate, the more likely you are to get undermined uh, from whatever your bigger objective is by the disaster roll. I guess that makes sense. Like if you, it's a disaster filled run, it's going to end in di- or a trouble filled run. It's going to end in disaster. Whereas if you've had smooth sailing, it's more likely to end smoothly. Oh, see, it's it's almost like in some ways the opposite of that. In that, like, if you if you're accumulating trouble it could very well be because you've been, like, noping slams and such. Mm. And so you've been in a bunch of situations that should have gone bad for you, and you managed to scrape by, and now that's sort of coming back around. Okay. Still makes sense, like, the close calls versus, like, we've been floating fine. But I do agree, like, since we were saying, like, it is a yes and game, turning it from yes and, yes and, yes and to no. Mm-hmm. Like tonally, it didn't fit. We're saying like, yes, you got it, but a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it extra. it is also something where like the severity of a de- disaster roll, I think, can certainly be like modulated to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my take, I guess, on the the disaster rolls is that they there's nothing that seems like wrong about them, only that they need like a a GM discretion <laughs> like clause, like mm-hmm. hey. Really think about, like, not just the tone, but, like, how this will play on the narrative, how it's going to affect the players, whether or not, like, if this is going to continue, are you setting up a good story thing that will then play out, or are you, like, just, like, taking something away? Um, Because, like, that that seems like the big point here, right? If there's, like, more that's going to happen, then what you're doing with the disaster roll is you're, like, giving yourself a prompt 
to be like, okay, something goes wrong. What is it? How will it contribute to the further story or these characters, like, developing interactions? Versus in the one shot, like, where you don't have that, um, you, I, I, th- I think very, very reasonably and probably very good, you don't, like, yank it away. <laughs> Instead, you're like, well, let's think about something bad that can happen um, that will still play with this and still keep it as, like, a mechanic that makes acquiring the trouble costly even in the short term potentially it's risky at least i guess but like i don't know being narrative and player and purpose conscious is i don't know it's always good but especially with those roles i think like it's you have to be and the player point is really apt because i think if katie and i had been replaced by other people that we play with like perhaps jack and juliana then it would have been more of a sad boy experience (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> and having the victory taken away from your grasp just as you're about to to get it would be a very interesting thing to happen to that sort of hoverboarding group, but not to this hoverboarding group. <laughs> we built silly little dudes, um, whereas... Other- I would have been so pissed. <laughs> Avery, I would have been so... I would yeah, have been I so know. pissed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I, I would have felt bad about it. I, I... <laughs> Good. but no yeah we had also agreed up front that like hey we want like if if bad things do happen we want to mostly push them to the epilogue yeah so i do i do i do feel good in how that worked out because oh boy was our epilogue sad (laughs) it was so funny listening back to us talking about our the tone because we were like yeah if, if nothing bad can really happen during the play but if there's consequences in the epilogue we can play into that and z is like ah okay yes Uh i'm like ah this was foreshadowing (laughs) (laughs) Uh look i i cleared the tone permission i made sure i knew where the sad could happen and i i said yes i all right i'm waiting for the epilogue now (laughs) i i was talking to avery right before this and i I was thinking it's kind of funny i'm going to develop quite a reputation among the listeners from tin candles directly (laughs) into this i'm like oh okay (laughs) This is what I do, uh-huh. apparently. Lady Iris Astor Rose didn't have any of this going on. I I mean, there is like the weird foreshadowed doom of the ship that uh, both Corbin I, and yeah. <laughs> Lady Iris have. Look, yeah, but like the lady didn't, the lady wasn't sad blasting. Oh, no, but that's didn't true. the lady potentially murder her husband implicitly during the crash? We don't really know anymore because we did like, course correct that to to the lady and fisher both know what's in the room mm. uh, this is not yeah, that, the original idea was lady iris murdered her husband perhaps <laughs> or the person who she says was her husband which to be clear doesn't always sound like sad blasting <laughs> like that could be very good blasting <laughs> very happy blasting your characters are doomed to death and despair <laughs> this is we're not talking about kingdom though <laughs> We we will talk about Kingdom at any given moment. This we is will talk about Kingdom at any given moment. We love Kingdom. <laughs> no, no, but the but the point was, uh, I think we we segued into that thinking about like I I I do like tragic characters and tragic things happening. Um, and I I love to inflict them on other people too. But you know, with with checking the tone and everything first. But in this case, it was like, well, well, like my my thought was sort of like uh, one of the things I'm going to be thinking about throughout the game is. Like, we're going to be doing these things, and because I know there's going to be, like, we're we're going for in-game, overall, like, positive, we're doing things, we're accomplishing things kind of tone, 
Um, but we, we want to leave open consequences so that there's still like some stakes going on. Um, I was like, well, I, I do want to like keep that in the back of my head throughout the game. Like I, I don't know what they'll be necessarily until the end, but, um, just in the back of my head, I think throughout, I'm like, ah, yes. Consequences. Where will they be? How will they arrive? What's going to happen? And then at the end, I was like, aha, let's do things. Time for consequences. I can never look my friend in the eye again. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody here seen Itumama Tambien? No. Mm -mm. Okay, that is not a good point of reference. Never mind. I was just thinking of coming of age movies that don't end happily. The Outsiders? Oof. Stay gold, <laughs> pony boy. Stay gold. That's such a tough point of reference, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we weren't as sad as the outsiders, I guess. That's such a low bar to clear. <laughs> None of us actively died. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. On the inside, maybe, but not on the outside. We're the insiders, not the outsiders. We're <laughs> <laughs> the insiders. <laughs> wow, the new Inside Out sequel's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I something that would have probably worked in terms of a larger game. Uh, that would have been cool and fun and interesting off of this for like the for this group in particular would be both like tracking fractures in the group uh, especially with with Ash's epilogue uh, and and like how that goes for all of you as a unit uh, but then also the fact that you can acquire and upgrade and mod your gear and a good chunk of doing some of these runs can be like for your videos and what have you and to look cool but also if you want to go and like steal some components from for example the gundams in the golden jungle uh so that you can give your gear sick upgrades well that sounds cool we felt like we had a very gear focused run so that feels like something we could absolutely have played with if we were doing a long game of this oh for sure especially considering that my gear was alive that's questionable. Okay. And a bastard. Okay, I was about to say, and also the love-hate child of two of the characters, one of whom was the parent and one of whom was the dad who did not step up. I never asked to be a father. You helped uh -huh. me build him! <laughs> uh-huh. As a favor to you. And I've stuck with this robot. I, I do think one thing that's not necessarily a system thing to talk about, but, like, we, we were talking... So, hold on. Back up. We we talked a little bit about, like, we, we ended up being a bit gear-focused. We could even lean into that and be more gear-focused. But we, we did talk about, like, our stuff that we had and how we were using and how it was playing in. One thing I felt like we didn't get to use as much as maybe I would have liked um, is, like, the teamwork mechanic, which is there for, like, sharing boosts and things. Um, and really, like, our inter-character roleplay stuff didn't come up as much beyond, like, a little bit here or there at the beginning or end, like, talking about how we relate to each other. Um, but, like, I, I think it, another way this could go very easily is, like, a much more, like, people helping each other and interacting a lot more in really direct and sort of roleplay moment kind of ways. And, like, I, I had a blast. I had a slug blast with hey. this. Um zooming around like doing a super speed run but i do feel like there's like another way to play that we didn't do and that i would think would be fun to do different like another time not as like better or worse just a different way to play it which would be more like on whatever run you're doing much more 
individual roleplay scene focused and could rely more on those kind of like shared boosts. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, part of like what planning I did for this one was going, okay, you know, this could be like a fun and fast zoom and sort of show off some of the, the world stuff. But because of this, we sort of are going to have to keep the tone up and sort of keep things moving. Yeah, I, I would have also have liked to give like these characters more space to breathe, I do think it worked out. But, like, I, I think probably a more standard run would be giving you, like, giving you some obstacles and giving you some social time, whether that's with yourself or with other people, uh, and giving you some some dangers and maybe something to run away from. Yeah, it, it just felt very much like... I feel like all of the scenes where we really interacted were kind of flashbacks, when we were justifying, yeah. like, how did this thing happen? How did we get this piece of gear? How did we meet? Which was cool. But it did feel like a lot of the, the session was spent like, oh, shit, we got to run away from the math panther. Oh, shit, we got to run away from the dolls. Oh, my God, we got to beat the, the ten hangers. Oh, <laughs> hang, tenders. Hang, tenders. hang tenders. I messed that up. Um, You're good. <laughs> for shame. For shame. That's okay. You can fix it in post. <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's okay. Who's to say that Cass calls them by their real name? <laughs> Cass doesn't know anybody's name, actually. Fascinating. Um, he's 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 doing your call out vids. I does he? Yeah, that makes them even more like insulting. It's like I heard there's there's a group out there called the Ten Tenders, and they're like, oh shit, no, that's not that's not it, that's not it, that's not it. It's like the Tang. Benders. It's like you're you're so insignificant. We don't even know your I name. Don't need really. to know your name. They're like so good. They're sponsored by Nug Riot. Yeah, that's the problem. Nug Riot's <laughs> a problematic corporation. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. The better assembly is the better assembly. The better company is Chick Assembly. Chicken Assembly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a sentence fully correct one of these days. <laughs> One more take, one more take. <laughs> more to the point, like, yeah, I, the not having as much social interaction uh, was, for better or worse, like, that was more a me problem than a game thing. Uh, although with the game, it does tend to to go into the, hey, you're, you're on runs doing action, uh, and then you are back and can sort of put together scenes with one another or with your family or just chilling or what have you. I wouldn't even call it a problem. It was more just something I noticed. Like, I I really liked the pace that we kept. Yeah, I think it emphasized the fact that we were in a race. I don't think it's necessarily something to be changed, but if you want to have more of that in your game, maybe something to be aware of. Yeah, to to be clear, because I kind of raised this point a little bit, um, I I think that this was super fun to run it exactly the way we ran it. Um and I I really love like Avery you're you're like we're we're going, we're committing, we're going with fast pacing and then all of us kind of playing into that too and like we're we're going, we're just going to go. Um and I think that was a lot of fun. I I do think there are like I do actually think there are mechanical things that maybe don't push into like some of the interactive role play during like a big run, but I I think that's fine, and I think there are ways you can run it deliberately to emphasize roleplay moments and player interaction um, in a different way, but I don't think that that's like a, you must do it this way, it's just an option, so there are different ways to run it. We ran it one way that was very, very fun, 
Um, and if you wanted to run it a different way, you could. I do think, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I do think there may be some things that in the mechanics don't encourage, like, as much player interaction whenever events are happening, but maybe maybe that's just me. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I have thoughts, but maybe uh-huh. I'll, I'll pause for there. I've been talking too much. No, you're, you're, you you're have good. certainly not. I'm going to read the chat that's going on right now. <laughs> you don't, you don't <laughs> need to do wow. that. Was, oh, you're going yeah, to I'm going to expose us. us. You were trying to make a point, and the rest of us were arguing about ethically sourced meat. And I feel that the listeners have a right to know what's going on just below the surface. I was trying to read it while I was talking, and that no, was not I helping No, I figured my thoughts, that so. was making you distracted, and I was like, we need to give context. So this goes. <laughs> I want. I want to say before. We before Katie doxes me, I do not support <laughs> the killing of minors <laughs> and the eating of minors. <laughs> Go ahead, what Katie. A disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, it'd only be doxing if I said your location and like you have post editing powers. You can just undox yourself. I do. I'll bleep it out. <laughs> yeah. Um so it starts off with the we are the nuggets and the riot where scorpions are concerned, followed by to the scorpions, you are ethically sourced meat. To which, you know, follows up, we're children, ergo not ethical. They need to wait till we're full grown. Uh, literally neurodivergent and a minor. Um, and then the question of, is it more ethical to source a minor? Fewer lives, fewer lives, yeared. fewer years lived. <laughs> um, and then scorpions live anywhere from three to ten. Three to five to ten to fifteen years, though. So to them, we are seniors. Um, what happens to the scorpions between five and ten years old? Do they just not die? I am die? curious about that. Oh, this was just like different. Uh, this was a, the result of a quick Google search uh, mm. for like different species of scorpions and how long they lived. Katie, I did like that you did not like source any of those quotes <laughs> to any of us. This <laughs> I figured that would take too I much. I really didn't need that disclaimer at the beginning, huh? Maybe I'll uh-huh. cut that. Yeah, Emily, you've called yourself out. <laughs> Katie made me dox myself. <laughs> I didn't even explain that I was the one arguing against child eating. Like this isn't what doxing is either. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It had to do with a location in the dialogue. You ready for real doxing? <laughs> Emily lives on a hill. What's your wait? What the fuck? <laughs> you will have to cut that. Yeah, yeah, okay. I do know what you're asking. It's something. Yes. <laughs> wow, I'm doing a lot of bleeping here, huh? Damn. We call it the um. Do you? <laughs> the um. <laughs> oh, what do we? We're our household is named something in our streaming services. That's bougie and pretentious. Uh-huh. This is great audio content. I think you should rename it <laughs> The Vault House. And then we sound like no. those streamers who like go halvesies on we're mansions not, in LA. We're not a content house. We could be if we all moved in together. No. I don't think I don't think we want that. Gosh, not to like take not to like take a tangent. Uh, but like <laughs> You mean like the rest I, of us are doing? <laughs> well no, there's there's just like there, look, there's a whole discussion out there about like what whether what we are producing is like content because you have like your internet content farms and they're functionally just like it's it's a machine to pump out like whatever popular bullshit is is currently on trend, and I don't think that's what we're doing. But we are still making content. 
I don't know. I think by I I think by branding any like in the same way that I don't think that like art and writing should be branded as content. I I don't oftentimes I, I co- like content creates this idea that like what you are creating is a product and like something to be mm. consumed and something that you are are selling rather than anything with like artistic intention behind it or like something that you are sharing well i think it's a little tricky with this case for me because my two main motivators for doing this are playing playing with friends in a more like strict schedule and also maybe promoting indie systems so they can make money yes so it's kind of content under that definition that i suppose because we are trying to make money just not for us (laughs) This is this is fair. I this was also like not a clear definition of content because I'm like doing this top of my head. No, I no, I I don't know if I would call this content. Uh, but this is this is also I'm very like don't fucking call yourself content creators. If you're an artist, call yourself an artist. Like you owe that to yourself. So we're artists. Podcast. Yes, I'm artists. as we said in the game (laughs) not to yell into my mic or anything sorry you're gonna have to balance that later um peek it (laughs) we are artists we are podcast artists we are esm artists yeah i I would honestly hate to be known as a content creator (laughs) yeah exactly so we can't do a content house i wouldn't hate it but i do like the title of artist more so we could do an art house well i think we'd have to make film if we did art house (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay how did how did we get here sorry i'm, I'm re-schooling the tangent we got we got in we got into doxing which we had gotten to from the chat which we had gotten to because he was saying something Scorpion. that was insightful and useful about See, the game and we were distracting them in the chat while they were talking uh-huh. mm-hmm. oh yeah this all came out of the scorpion yes. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> which itself i remind remind me what you had been saying. I, I was complimenting pacing. I was saying we, like, there are different ways to run this. Um, I was thinking that, like, the way we ran it didn't emphasize um, player-to-player interaction mid-run. And I, I think I said, like, my, my thought was that was fine and it felt really good the way that we did it. But you could also, and I think would also feel really good, try to emphasize those interpersonal player interactions during run, not just an epilogue or just an intro. Um, and maybe one, one final thing that I maybe would like to chew on if other people share the intuition, but maybe not if they don't. My, my suspicion is that the system itself does lend itself towards relatively little interaction during the run and more interaction in the, uh, sort of epilogues and the sort of lead-ins to sessions, um, but I, I don't know if that's quite right, or, like, I, I played chill, so I, I it's harder for me to give boost to other people without, like, expending a more limited resource, so it's hard to say. But my, my inclination was, like, the teamwork mechanic in this, for example, is costly, in some sense. You have to spend the exact same resource you would otherwise use for you, um, and you expend that resource in the completely in the same way to use for other people. Um, my, my thought is, like, other systems that also use this kind of, like, d6 sort of system uh like blades in the dark is my reference the the d6 idea is the same like one to three failure typically uh four to five 
success with complication, six success, and then you you can have more more stuff on top of that, uh, critical successes and the like. Um, but for the teamwork in this particular system, as as we read the rules, uh, the teamwork requires you to expend your boosts um, in order to boost other people. And so your your sort of limited supply of resources, if you want to help somebody else, you could either like narratively you do your own action that's supposed to contribute and you boost yourself or you expend one of your boosts and that just goes to somebody else. Um, and like, I think you can play a non-selfish game where you still want your boosts for you, <laughs> but you want them to like contribute to the narrative of what you're doing that then is about how you help rather than like, oh, here's how I help and now they roll different. Um, it, like, it feels good to roll dice and to have, like, fun things that go with your dice rolling. And, like, I, I guess my, my comparison to Blades here was intentional because Blades help mechanic is kind of like, if you can find a way to, like, help in some way, you just contribute. You don't actually have to expend resources to do that necessarily. Whoever's running it can, you know, make that whatever way they want. But rules as written, helping is relatively easy to do. It doesn't cost you, in, in Blades, there's a stress mechanic. It doesn't cost you stress like all the other ways of, like, boosting yourself do. So helping other people is cheaper in, like, a mechanic sense, which I think is something I do like about that system. Uh, it encourages you, like, mid-high, like, in that game, it's largely about heisting and scores and things like that. Um, it encourages you to do stuff for other people because the mechanics like make that better for you to do. Whereas here it feels like at best it's equal and maybe even like takes away from your own doing of a thing. Um, especially if like you are gunning for style, you're probably sacrificing your own style to get someone else style. And that's fine. Like, you know, be, be unselfish in your games. That's good and fun and can contribute. But I also think like letting the unselfish action be fun for like, be something you as a player also get to like, do a thing and roll for and maybe making like extra mechanical benefits to incentivize the thing where the other player still gets to be more active, but you know, you're contributing in a way that's like really optimal. It's like, I don't know. There's like a balance there. That's kind of interesting. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the way this rule set is set up, but I think it doesn't fully lend itself to the inter-character interactions mid-run, but partially because of that. It's a very, very minor point, and I don't know how much, like, I'm probably making too big I, I of a deal say, out of it. Like, like, no, it's cool. Some of this is, is like, partially dug into by, like, character-specific things, because, like, I, Katie, with the heart, was a very, like, very rewarded for boosting, uh, in that... Yeah. Like, did you get style for doing that as well? I did, uh, because you get style for helping teammates, and so you boost, and then if the teammate succeeds because you boosted, you would get that boost back, and then you'd also get the style point for doing teamwork. So I mechanically was rewarded for it, but I think so it comes down to, like, which character you're playing and which mechanics you have available. If you're chill, I think it naturally lends itself to a more aloof character who isn't going to be as rewarded for being selfless, whereas someone like Hart is going to be rewarded for being, like, yes, constantly up in other people's business and helping because that's the type of character you're choosing to play. And I also think, on a separate note... Um, what you're saying about like mid-run socialization versus like before and after or between run socialization. I think part of that is just because we chose to do a race. If we had done like an exploration run, I think there would have been a lot more interpersonal bits where we're like, okay, so where are we going? What are we doing? Whereas because we were racing, we were like visibly focused on the deadline. So it's like, we're not going to stop here and have a scene. We're going to zoom, zoom, zoom. I mean, I think it is fair that, like, partly the nature of the run did not lend itself to interpersonal interaction. 
like I, I I do think that like in 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 many ways Z is right that like this operates a bit on like a run to downtime cycle, uh, and that more of like your interaction happens theoretically in your downtime. I never know how to balance that because I the bulk of my experience has been in D and D, which is you socialize during literally everything. At least the way we that, socialize during literally the way anything. that we play. Um, <laughs> Dungeon crawl? You mean dungeon circle hour? Do you mean strengthening our relationship like we're on a team building exercise? Yes. This dungeon could use more 40 minute conversations. <laughs> in in systems where they do separate from like the action into the downtime and it's um, systematized like Blades in the Dark or like this, I suppose, I do feel like there isn't a lot of room for socialization because it feels... Um, it feels like you're allowed to do socialization during a certain part, and when you're not in that part, it's harder to do so. So I, I generally like these systems less, um, but this was just so fun that I don't care. This is a great system. I love it. Are there any last... Because we're at 46 minutes, so we have a reasonable <laughs> amount of time uh-huh. for the episode. Any final thoughts? Even with our digressions. Even with our digressions, we're probably at least at a half hour, although God only knows, I did cut 22 minutes of Destiel content from the first episode. <laughs> only 22 minutes. Only 22? Uh, it's so dangerous to bring up Destiel even passingly. I know. I want to talk about it. It was 22 minutes in one bulk, and then we also mentioned it during different times. Uh-huh. I can't believe we talked for 22 minutes about Destiel. What can we say? We're Destiel-focused. So I, it, it's come up a couple of times, and I know I certainly have kept bringing up the, like, hey here's what the full game would have had to say about this versus like slug blaster turbo, which had like the full game has like the expanded dare system, which we ended up like implementing halfway through so that I could give you guys more dice uh, for, for barking trouble, which was great. I love that system. Uh-huh. Obviously I really loved slug blaster. I have the full system and honestly would like love to run a short, like full campaign of it sometime. I would love to play in it. If you're not currently playing Wild Sea. Yeah, I am currently running Wild Sea. Uh, I, I have my own long run, running game and, and, you know, it'll happen when it happens. But if you are interested in checking this out, we, for this one shot, used Slug Blaster Turbo, which is at a name your own price on itch. And you should absolutely give the creator money for this. This is a great game. Uh, but if you want to get the, like, light version uh, and you're not sold on the whole experience yet, absolutely check out the Turbo. There's also an ex- there's a lighter, like, a three-page version, which is Turbo X. This is a really excellent setup for, for one-shotting Slug Blaster. Give creators money. Give creators money! Yeah, this game whips ass. I don't uh-huh. know. Yeah, I, look, 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. I, I will also say, every time that someone pre- this game went, hey, do I need to read the rule book for this? Uh, I would go, no, look, we're using Turbo. It's 13 pages. Like, you know, please look at it. But, like, you don't need to read the full actual rules, but, like, you should for fun. This is the most fun I have ever had reading a rule book. Even the 13 oh, I, I page. I will absolutely second that. Yeah. Oh, I read the full, I, I read, I've read the full game cover to yes. cover. Yes, I, I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, I, I 
can't say I fully read it cover to cover, but even having been told, like, as a player, like, oh, well, it'd be good to look at it and then, you know, may maybe look at the, the full the full actual rule book to kind of, like, get an idea of what things are there. Um, I, I was obsessed and did go through the whole thing. They're, like, not only is the art really, really fantastic and amazing, and I could, couldn't get enough of it, um, but also, like, there's a bunch of really fun tables for, like, inspiration for, like, what you can roll on to come up with all sorts of different things. There's a sticker table. There's a sticker oh. table, which is what I was getting to. There's, there's like, energy drink stuff. There's the sticker table. There's lots of, like, different aesthetic things. There's lots of, like, helpful little bits on ideas for, like, what character style might look like, for what places you could end up in. It's It's fun. It's very, very fun. Also, it helps set the tone really well because you read like one page even of Turbo and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is so cool. And I'm so pumped. Like it's every single sentence is just packed with tone and good writing and lots of fun. So yeah, it's a very enjoyable time. Katie, any last thoughts? Nine out of 10. The only thing that would make it 10 out of 10 is if I could actually blast it slug like build the boards, build the portals, cowards, <laughs> let me into the world. Uh, you you would like Mikey Ham to pop down from wherever he lives and push you into his Slugbaster world? Yeah, actually, a little bit. Okay, cool. Make portals real. Make portals real and <laughs> 10 out of 10 at that point. <laughs> um, but seriously, it's a fantastic game. I really enjoyed it. Boom. Boom. Yeah, we've blasted it slug-like. Thank you for joining we've us. We've blasted it. <laughs> If you like our show, why not give us a rate or review on your favorite podcast service? We can be found online at Calamity Vault on Twitter and Blue Sky or Tumblr.com slash Calamity Pod. Email us at CalamityVault at gmail.com if you want to talk to us. We would really love hearing from people in the community, so I don't feel like I'm shouting into the void. Thanks for listening and have a good week.